Hello, everyone. This is Pastor Mark Stroud, and I thank you so much for joining me today for Kingdom Rock Radio. It's a brand new season of programming, so I pray that you're ready to dive into the rich Word of God. Here's a sample of today's broadcast. You're trying to establish your own righteousness, and the work of the cross is in vain. Because it's not about Jesus, it's about how much right you think you can do. Does anybody understand works or worship? Well, praise the Lord, saints of God, praise the Lord. Hello, this is Pastor Mark Stroud, and I thank you once again for joining me for yet another episode of Kingdom Rock Radio. Kingdom Rock Radio is an outreach ministry of Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center located right here in beautiful Bremen, Georgia. Stop by and see us sometime. We'll be glad to see you. Well, on today's broadcast, we will air the second installment of this series entitled Works or Worship. This is part number two. Are you working or are you worshiping? There's a difference between the two, let me tell you. In today's modern day church, we found out that there's a lot of work going on, but very little worship. And it is only in worship that we can truly experience the power and presence of our God as we give him all the worship, praise, and glory and honor that he is due. So I pray that you will stick around today. We'll learn a little bit about works and grace right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. So call a friend, call a neighbor, and let them know to log on to the website at www.kingdomrock.org. That's kingdomrock.org. And they'll hear this message and a whole lot more. So sit back and relax and enjoy the message entitled, Are You Working or Worshiping? Part number two, right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. If you're hungry, if you're ready, if you're pulling, You will receive everything that God has for you today. Works of Worship Part 2. On last week, we spoke uh, about Mary and about Martha. Some of you may recall on last week. If you haven't, if you don't recall it, if you were not here, make sure you get the CD before you go today. Martha was running around and trying to prepare things. The Lord Jesus said, Martha, you're cumbered about, or rather the Bible says she was cumbered about much things. Uh, she was worried. She was frustrated. She was aggravated trying to get things done for the Lord. But the Lord said simply all that is not needed. You're doing too much. But Mary has chosen the best part. She was sitting at Jesus's feet, hearing his words. It wasn't that Martha was Martha's work was unnecessary, but it was that she was doing too much. She had gone past what was necessary and was doing too much. Just like, let's say the Lord asked you to bring him a toothpick. God says, bring me a toothpick. All right. You go to the kitchen and get a toothpick. But some would say, no, I want to make God a special toothpick. So I'm going to go and find the, go into the deepest forest. I'm going to find the best tree. And I'm going to chop that tree down. And I'm going to whittle it down to make the most perfect toothpick. So you're going for months and months and months and months at a time to bring in the most perfect toothpick. God said, bring me a toothpick. You can go far beyond what is required. Far beyond what is required and what is unnecessary. Not that the Lord is not worthy of the service, but he understands that time is a factor. He only gave us just a little bit of time to operate here on this planet. Then after that, it's gone. And we need to get with God. What we took away from last week is that we need to get with him to find out what is required. Because we can go through life running around in circles, and we are always busy but never productive. 
Now, that's a word, and I pray you heard that. You can always be busy, but never productive. There's a difference between being busy and being productive. You can run around in circles and waste a lot of energy, use a lot of energy, just in circles, run around in circles all day, or you can go and dig ditches all day, dig ditches all day, dig ditches all day. But if that's not the assignment, then you were busy, but you weren't productive. You didn't get anything done. It's kind of like you painted a wall, you two people are painting, you paint the wall red, and somebody's come behind you and painting it blue. Now, you've been painting all day. Just turn around and find out the wall is blue. You were busy, but you weren't productive. Or you can go to work and work and work for uh, 72 hours a week and all of that and uh, put all your time and all your labor and all your energy in and bring the check home. You were busy, but you can't get any bills paid. Something happened. You were busy, but you weren't productive. Nothing's getting paid. Nothing's being paid off. You understand? So we talked about that on last week. Uh, there can be times when we uh, will be trying to use an axe on something, but the axe is dull. It's not sharp. If we listen to the voice of the Lord, he'll show you where to put your energy to bring back the best return. If you listen to the voice of the Lord, he will show you where to put your energy, where to put your efforts, and it will bring you back the best return on your investment. Praise the Lord. But today in Acts the 15th chapter, Acts 15, Acts 15, we're going to continue on somewhat of the same lines of works or worship, works or worship. Now, understand something here. In Acts 15th chapter, we find out that uh, uh, that people had just been born again. The Gentiles were uh, recently born again, and uh, they were serving the Lord. They were born again by hearing the words of faith. They believed that Jesus Christ was the Messiah, that he was the Lord, and that he was the Savior of the world. They'd heard the preaching of Paul and, and Barnabas, and they received Jesus as Lord and Savior. They'd seen miracles. And for a time, all was well until we get here to chapter 15 in the book of Acts. Are y'all with me today? It says, and certain, this is Acts 15, verse 1. It says, and certain men which came down from Judea taught the brethren. Now, that sounds fine. They taught the brethren. That is, they taught the new converts. They came from, down from Judea. That's the uh, around Jerusalem there, the center of worship, where all, the, where all the bishops were and all the apostles were. They came down from that place, from Judea, coming down to teach. Sounds great. Nothing wrong with that. So we think they came down from Judea and taught, they taught the brethren and said, except ye be circumcised after the manner of Moses, ye cannot be saved. That's the problem. I'll bring it to you in a short and skinny version. I pray you're with me. They were teaching, except they be circumcised. That is, except they observe, observe the law of Moses, the law that Moses gave, they cannot be saved. Now, the people had just believed in Jesus Christ. They'd heard the teachings of Jesus Christ through the apostles. The Lord Jesus said that love is the fulfilling of the law. Now, here come the brothers down here teaching the congregation Obviously, they got in the pulpits, got an audience with the people, audience with the new converts, and told them 
that what you believe is not enough. That your faith in Jesus is not enough. You have to be circumcised. You have to do this. You have to observe all the law of Moses just like we have. Your faith in Jesus is not enough. That's what they were telling them. They were telling these new converts that what you've done is not enough. Effectively, they were trying to put a yoke on their necks. They were adding to their salvation. Well, you know, they say, well, nobody's running around telling about that today, at least not that we know of. But people are still trying to put yokes of bondage on people as it relates to salvation. They say, well, if you want to be saved, you got to wear these kind of clothes. If you want to be saved, you got to listen to this type of music. If you want to be saved, you got to put this thing on your hair. If you want to be saved, do this and do that. Do this and do that. Do this and do that. Don't do this and don't do that. And then you'll be saved. The law was a group of rules, order of conduct, so to speak, how to live, how to live under the law. And if you did all the law, then you could be reckoned righteous. But there's only one problem with that. The law and grace are two different things. By receiving Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, we fall under grace. We fall under grace. And we find out that it's not about works, which leaves us free to worship. Because when you're concentrating solely on work, Soling on doing this right and doing that right. And it's no longer about the heart, but it's all about the head and trying to fulfill every little dot or tittle. If trying to, trying to cross every T, dot, every I, when you're focusing on what to do, you miss out on the heart of worship. And so here are these new converts. Just, they didn't know any better. All they heard is that Jesus could deliver me out of my sins he could save my soul. They knew they were in pain. They knew they were in agony and in, and in torment. They realized that they had done a lot of things wrong in their lives. And, and here is somebody telling me that God could forgive me. Well, they received the word of God gratefully and gladly. And new life came into them. New life came. But then here come these teachers coming down from the respected place and telling them that what you're doing is not enough. You got to do these other things too. But when Paul and Barnabas heard about that, they were very angry, of course, and a very and a, and a um, confusion was there. And so Paul and Barnabas and, uh, and and they sent other delegates up there to Jerusalem. They they got to go and straighten this matter straight straighten this matter out, because people are teaching the people that their belief in Jesus is not enough, that they got to keep doing all this other stuff as well. So they went up there to correct that. And uh, let's look at um, verse number five. We'll see what happens in the meeting. It says, but there rose up certain of the sect of the Pharisees, which believed, saying that it was needful to circumcise them and to command them to keep the law of Moses. They were saying, hey, it's not enough just for these Gentiles to just believe in Jesus. It's not enough. They got to do all these other things, too. You find that in, in some um 
some places that uh, say they believe in Jesus. They have a Bible and they have another book too. Well, the other book is the added part. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? That's the added part. They say, well, as long as you keep this added part, keep this other book. Don't worry about the Bible. Just keep this other book. Just please men, in other words. Because the other book, the other rules, the other regulations that they give you is all things, is all ways that they can measure your righteousness. You see, giving you a dress code is the way that people can measure your righteousness. If they see you dress a certain way, then people can say that you're holy. If they say you act a certain way, then they can say that you're holy. Man is always trying to measure your right standing. So they give you rules to help measure, help them to measure how well you're in right standing with God. That's the, that's the, that, that's the whole issue about the law. Because the Pharisees and Sadducees, if you did work on the Sabbath, well, they knew what work was. They knew how to judge it. If they saw you doing it, you're wrong. You're wrong. If you did this, if you did that, did it? Okay, you're right. You're wrong. Like a bunch of umpires in the church. You're out. You're in. You're out. Say. But that was never God's intent. The purpose of the law was to show you that you were in need of a savior. No man could keep it all. Only one person kept it and his name was Jesus. And because he kept the law, we now abide under his righteousness through the power of grace. Are you with me? <laughs> so what's happening here, you'll see here, there are uh, spirits here again. Spirits don't die. Spirits don't die. Um, they don't die. It's kind of like baby kids. They don't die. They multiply. <laughs> Spirits don't die. So the same spirit that was upon Martha in the presence of the Lord, Martha in the presence of the Lord, that, that caused her to run around and run around and run around and run around and miss the true worship that Mary was enjoying, it's the same spirit that is trying to come upon the church here in Acts 15 chapter. Try to get you to ignore Jesus, ignore what you've been taught, ignore what you have learned, and focus more on rules. You understand what I'm saying to you? Works or worship. And so here's the spirit here, and they're telling him, they tell him, they're having a debate. Wait, 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 wait. Belief in Jesus is not enough, they were saying. They got to observe the law of Moses. They got to observe this other book that Jesus has already said had been fulfilled. They got to go back and get all of the other rules. That's not enough. We can say in today's church, yeah, pastor, they saved now. Okay, now don't wear no makeup. Okay, now uh, wear your long dress. Okay, now uh, well, you got to have some long hair. Put it on it. Okay, now you got to do this. Okay, you can't wear them earrings. Okay, you got to do this now. You got to cover them tattoos now. You got to do this. You got to do this. If you want to be saved, don't you? Well, you got to do this. You got to do this. You don't do that. Don't do this. And you miss out and we bind the people again. With a heavy yoke of bondage. And now when they come to church, they're looking around. Am I dressed okay? Am I dressed okay? Are they going to talk about me? And now people get so wrapped up in bondage, they feel like, well, I, can't, I would come to church, but I don't have the right clothes. Because they've been taught, 
you know, that's a part of it. I got to have this kind of clothes. And if I don't have this kind of clothes and I can't, they, they're going to laugh at me. They're going to talk about me. They're going to say, safe, how? You see, the same pharisaical spirit still hovering around. They don't die. Spirits don't die. They just multiply. Are you with me? And now you got people pointing. They're not called Pharisees and Sadducees anymore. They're called brother and sister now. And now they point. They point. And they point. And they point. And they point. See, when the people first got saved, they came in the church, came right out of the clubs, you know, dancing. They were dancing for the devil. Now they're born again. Now they're dancing for Jesus. See, they come to church. Oh, praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, glory. But wait and see. Let brother or sister get to them. And say, you can't dance like that. You can't do that. And after a while, they're, Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, they'll get to you if you allow them to. First, you were praying and praying long. You pray with all your heart until they said, uh, you're not supposed to pray like that. First, you were worshiping loud and, and worshiping long. I mean, you were really giving God your heart until they said. Are you with me? Now, there are always, there, there are always other conditions. There are always other conditions. If you were in the club wearing a see-through dress, it's not wise for you to wear a see-through dress in the church. Are you with me? Yes, you have true worship, but there are still some things that are got to remain in order. Are you with me? Your dress was short. Your skirt was short like my jacket is. And one man said, if you're not selling, take the sign down. Are you with me? Yes, your worship is sincere, but it can be a hindrance to the fellowship. Are you understand what I'm saying to you? That's why the apostles began to emphasize there in the book of Galatians, the fifth chapter, that if you be led of the spirit, if you be led of the spirit, in other words, if you are born again, the Holy Spirit will tell you. I'm not sure if anybody have experienced that before. You look in the mirror, you're born again, you know God is in you, and you look in the mirror and think, oh, that's a little bit too tight. I need to take that off. Let me find something else. You see, because the, the Holy Spirit within you, he will tell you. He will approve or disprove on the inside. And he does it in such a way that it w- won't be hurtful or demonstrative or it won't be abusive. Are you with me? But it's when folk go beyond the voice of the spirit. When they don't yield to the spirit, they yield to the flesh. They say they say they say they're born again. And they might be, but they are ignoring the promptings of the Holy Spirit. 
You know God done told you at home not to wear a see-through dress to church. You know he did. But you said, I look so cute in it. I look, and that usher in the back looks so good. That bro Calvin looks so good. I want to go and show him. So you go on down church anyway. Now the Holy Spirit has already told you, don't do it. Are you with me? So when you walk up in the church wearing your little outfit, you got your sign on, try to entice the brother. You get up before the elders and the elders say, slow your roll, homegirl. In a loving manner, we tell you that is not appropriate. You got to see that. You got, don't you know that? Well, yes, I know that. Well, come on now. Let's get it together. We love you. But you got to see that, you know. Praise the Lord. You understand what I'm saying to you? So there are some things that would hinder worship of others. But then there are other things. There are other yokes that people put on us to make us fit in their mode of how a saved person should live. These are things that we need to guard ourselves against. Are you with me? So they're going, they're saying, hey, they got to observe all the law of Moses just like we did. Let's look down to verse number nine. Uh, rather, verse number eight. It says, and God, uh, which knoweth the hearts, bear them witness, giving them the Holy Ghost, even as he did unto us. God approve of them, brothers. Verse nine. And put no difference between us and them, purifying their hearts by what? Faith. Verse 10. Now, therefore, why tempt ye God to put a yoke upon the neck of the disciples, which neither our fathers nor we were able to bear? We couldn't do it. Why are you trying to put them in it? Why are you trying to put them? He said, why are you tempting God? Why are you testing God? Now, you know this is against God. These people are fired up. They have a zeal. They want to learn of God. They want to do this and that and the other. But we go and invade their lives. Tell them that they got to do this and that and the other to be saved, to be redeemed, to be sanctified by God, or to be approved of God. Are you with me? When the needful thing is giving God all of your heart. Giving him all of your mind, giving him all of your soul, yielding yourself to him completely. And the spirit of God from within will lead you in truth. You see, the problem is today that we really don't trust the Holy Spirit. Don't trust the Holy Spirit to help people to grow and mature properly. We feel like we got to help God out. That's when the problem comes in. We feel like we got to help God out. If the man comes in with an earring, with an earring chain, it stretches from his ear to his nose, and he got a bobby pin on it, it goes to his bottom lip, and then it goes down his shirt and goes somewhere that we don't want to talk about. If he comes in with all of that stuff and tattoo from his eyebrow all the way back around to his head, but his worship is sincere... Are you with me? His worship is not distracting the fellowship. Are you with me? Let the man worship. 
Let God deal with him about his tattoos and earrings and other things like that. Let God deal with him. Well, you just keep on loving him. Are you with me? But to attack the man at the door. Oh, get him! Cold red! Cold red! Get him! Cold red! Uh, brother, you can't come in here like that. Are you with me? Hallelujah. Now, there are some things that are blatant. We know that. If somebody comes in here in a, in a, in a uh, saran wrap suit or saran wrap, we know, oh, no, that's going to be distracting to the service. This is not a nudist colony church. You understand what I'm saying to you? Now, we know some things. Don't we know some things? I know common sense is not so common, but we know some things. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So he said, why, why y'all putting a yoke on? Why are, you, why are you trying to put a yoke on people? What's the yoke? For the people to observe the laws, the rules, and the things that God had already said been fulfilled. Why are you trying to do that? Why are you tempting God on that? Yeah, we couldn't bear it. And our fathers couldn't bear it. You trying to put it on them? Verse 11. But we believe that through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, we shall be saved, even as they. Not through the works, but through grace, by faith in Jesus. You see, because when you receive Jesus in your heart as Lord and Savior, truly do it. He comes on the inside, and your life begins to change. Verse 12 says, Then then all the multitude kept silence. That was enough to... Called them to be quiet for a minute. As they listened to the, gave audience to Paul and to Barnabas and Paul, declaring the miracles and wonders that God wrought among the Gentiles by them. I mean, so there's some things going on there. But what they decided to do, and we find this in verse 28, what they decided to do, okay, it's right by the Holy Ghost. Don't tell the people that they got to do all that. That's wrong. But what should we tell the people to do? Find that in verse 28. He says, uh, for it seemed good to the Holy Ghost and to us to, uh, to lay upon you no greater burden than these necessary things. So here's the, here's the Mary Martha situation again. The Lord said there are some things that were not necessary and there are some things that are necessary. Let's see what they are. That ye abstain from meats offered to idols and from blood and from things strangled. And from fornication, that is sexual immorality, from which if ye keep yourselves, ye shall do well. Fare you well. That's how we're saying. Don't eat stuff offered to idols. The Lord said you can only have one master. You can't serve two. Y'all can't. He's telling them y'all came out of serving these idol gods, these idol things. Don't go back and eat that stuff that's offered to them. Don't do that. Don't drink the blood of animals. You don't know what that animal been eating and drinking and so forth and so on. It's nasty, they're telling them. Don't do that. You see, because some of them were doing these things. Are you with me? It's a health hazard, folk. It's a health hazard. Don't do that. And don't go around in the sexual immorality. If you do those, you'll be well. And the whole saying, it pleased the church. They had peace. Are you with me? Now go to Galatians 5th chapter. Go to Galatians 5. 
You see, when a yoke is put on you, you know it. Because it immediately becomes hard to serve the Lord. Becomes hard to serve him. Once it was easy, the Lord Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is what? Is light. Once a yoke is put on you, a yoke of bondage, a yoke of servitude, it becomes extremely hard to serve the Lord. Where before you were joy, people have had much joy in their service to the Lord, couldn't wait to get to church, couldn't wait to sit on the front row, couldn't wait to get in, couldn't be showed up there early, had your Bible, had your notes, had your pen, ready to go. But when those burdens, that yoke hit, now they're constantly late and sometimes they show up and sometimes they don't. Because it became too rigid, too hard for them to serve because of a yoke of bondage. Are you with me? The Bible says here in uh, chapter 5, it says, now, okay, the spirit was there in Acts, the 15th chapter. The spirit didn't die. They just, they just multiply. They're still there. And the spirit is coming around here. You know, we find the same thing happening here in the, Gal- in the church of uh, Galatia. The same problem happened in church, church in Galatia. And it says, Paul says here, stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free. And be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Don't do that. Don't go back to rules. You know, some traditions are good, but we can make traditions a rule. We can make it hard. And one thing that was meant for good was a good idea. Now it becomes rigid. And now it becomes idol worship. You know, we can fast. Let's say I'm going to fast every Monday. Fast every Monday. Every Monday is my day to fast. Every Monday is my day to fast. And at first, it was a service to the Lord, and you really wanted to get yourself cleansed and right with God. But after a while, it just became, it left worship, it became work. And now the worship has gone out of it, and all it is, frankly, is just work. It has left worship. It's become work. Sometimes when things are on a schedule and they are scheduled consistently, consistently, it loses its flavor and appeal. It loses its sense of worship and simply becomes work. It becomes something, oh, this is what we got to do. Are you with me? I, I see an example and I try to put this as delicately as possible. When a husband and wife, they have a certain day a fellowship. When there is a certain day of fellowship, you lose spontaneity. I see I can't get nobody to talk to me, but it's okay. I just talked to y'all on the camera there. You lose a sense of spontaneity and then it be what was then uh, a wonderful time becomes a time of just work. <laughs> and the Bible says here, I'm trying to help somebody. Stand fast, therefore. Lord, why you keep getting me in trouble? Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not 
entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Behold, I, Paul, say unto you that if you be circumcised, see, the same thing again. If you be circumcised, Christ shall profit you nothing. Nothing. If you're going to try to gain your righteousness or right standing with God, if you're going to try to be right with God through what you do, then the work of the cross is in vain. You understand that? If you spend your life saying, I will, you know, I don't go to church, but, you know, I try to help people everywhere I go. I try to help people everywhere I go. I try to do this. I, I try. I don't try to hurt nobody. You know, I just try. I'm just trying my best. I try my best. I try my best. I try my best to be a good person. I try my best. I try my best. I try. See, that's the problem. You're trying to establish your own righteousness. And the work of the cross is in vain because it's not about Jesus. It's about how much right you think you can do. Does anybody understand works or worship? People say that. Well, I don't know why this happened to me. I try not to hurt nobody. I don't know why all this is happening. Why am I going through all this? I tried this. You see, when you try to go about trying to establish your own righteousness, God says your own righteousness is as a filthy rag. And it's a stench in his nostrils because you cannot be good enough. They say, well, Lord, I, I'm trying to stop doing this. I'm, I'm trying to stop doing that. Is that going to give you brownie points with God? You see, because your own goodness that you think you can do, it will never be good enough. Because we'll always keep doing other stuff. Behold, I, Paul, say unto you, now, about to close, that if you be circumcised, Christ shall profit you nothing. For I testify again to every man that is circumcised, that if, uh, that he is a debtor to do the whole law, Christ has become of no effect unto you, whosoever you are, uh, justified by the law. Ye are fallen from grace. For we through the Spirit wait for the hope of righteousness by faith for in Christ Jesus neither circumcision availeth anything or uncircumcision but faith which worketh by love verse 7 you did run well who did hinder you that you should not obey the truth this persuasion cometh not from him that calleth you a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump he says, I have confidence in you through the Lord that you will be none otherwise minded. But he that troubleth you shall bear his judgment whosoever he be. Paul said, God going to get him for teaching you that stuff, putting that yoke of bondage on you. God going to get them. He says, and I, brethren, if I preach circumcision, why do I suffer persecution? Then is the offense of the cross ceased. I would they were even cut off, which trouble you. For brethren, ye have not, rather for brethren, ye have been called unto liberty, that is freedom. Only use not liberty as an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. Paul said, I wish that they were all cut off. Now he's talking about the circumcision here. Let me give you an example of how strong this language is in this text. 
Paul said, I would that those folk who trouble you about the circumcision, I would that they would all be cut off. In other words, he's saying, I wish that they would go further. Instead of circumcised, just go ahead and cut everything off. You realize that later. When you understand what circumcision involves, I won't get into all of it now. What it involves, the cutting away of the foreskin. Paul said, I wish that they would just go all the way and cut everything off so that they do not re, that they do not multiply, so they do not reproduce. Are you with me? This is how strongly he's talking about because people are putting them in bondage. He said, y'all were doing so good. You did run well. You were doing so good. You, and we've seen people that give their life to the Lord and they're on fire. The church doors can't open and they're right there at the, right there at the doors, ready, ready to serve the Lord. But somebody came and put a yoke around their necks. And the burden became too much to bear. They were pulling, pulling. First, they had God's yoke. His yoke is easy, burden is light, and you can run with that. Praise the Lord. You know God says that you got to love him and love everybody and be led of the Spirit. Praise God. No problem. Hallelujah. Doing well, doing well. And then they told you this. They put it in your cart. Here, you need that too. They told you that. Here, you got to stop doing that too. Put that in your cart. Oh, you need this too. Oh, you need that too. Oh, you need this too. Oh, you need the, and you really need this one. Hold on. Hold on. You really, you, you really need that one. Yeah, it took me a long time to get that. And so now what was easy has become hard and difficult and rigid. And after a while, well, I won't go to church. I don't hear no preaching. I don't hear no singing. Because it's so hard. And that was never the intent. We are saved by grace. God has called us unto liberty. That is freedom. Only use not the freedom as an occasion to the flesh, to occasion to sin. But by faith, love, and serve one another. I pray for the word of God today. We're done. lot more to tell you but not now everybody please stand if you desire to know more about that pray well praise the wonderful name of jesus we pray that you are blessed by today's message and that you are richly encouraged on behalf of kingdom rock family worship center we would like to invite you out to sunday morning sunday school it starts at 9 a.m sunday morning worship starts at 10 Come expecting a miracle. Wednesday night is dinner and Bible study. Dinner starts at 6.15 with Bible study starting at 7. All are welcome. Come out and enjoy the goodness of the Lord Jesus Christ under the anointing of His precious Spirit. Kingdom Rock is located at 180 Hilton Road in Bremen, Georgia. Stop by and see us sometimes. To learn more about our ministry, give us a call at 770-537-1933. That number again, 770-537-1933. Or just log on to our website 24 hours a day at www.kingdomrock.org. That's kingdomrock.org. We'll be glad to hear from you. 
And if you'd like to partner with me to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ all around the world, just let us know because partnership has its advantages. Until next time, this has been Pastor Mark A. Stroud. And I thank you once again for joining me for Kingdom Rock Radio. Tune in again for the rich word of the Lord. Always remember that Jesus Christ is Lord. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way. We'll see you this Sunday at 10 a.m. at 180 Helton Road in Bremen, Georgia.